Good to see you. Glad to be here. Well, let's pray as we get into today. Um, yeah, let's pray first. God, thank you for your love and your grace. Thank you for caring about us so much. Lord, thank you that your word does not return void, but God, God, it accomplishes everything you send it out to do. And I pray, Lord, that you speak to our hearts today, and uh, Lord, as we kind of unpack the questions that we deal with today, Lord, again, our desires that you would be seen, you would be lifted up, Lord, that you would encourage us and teach us, Holy Spirit, that you would come and uh, make the work in the lives of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today, uh, we, we'll make it a little comfortable for you. Anybody need a cup of coffee, let me know. I'm going to get it for you. Um, kind of inviting you into our hearts. We've been kind of wanting to do this to make it feel a little bit more comfortable. Awesome having my wife up here today to share with me. Yes. Stage looks prettier already. This week, next week, and actually, um, as, um, as we are looking down these questions, we're probably going to do at least one more of these. Maybe to um, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll share next week, and then um, we have actually Kristen Wolfie who are here again today. They're going to be sharing on the first Sunday of August, and then we have the big serve. So I encourage you also with the big serve. There's a sign up in the back to be involved with that different service project. We've had a couple of meetings. We're very excited about this event to serve our community and our region. Um, Saturday, August 9th, we're going to have different crews and teams to go out and do different service projects. You want anyone and everyone. This is open to families, kids, older folks. Um, you know, it, it's anywhere from uh, doing people's laundry to doing various service projects to maybe making a meal for someone. And so there's lots of opportunities to be involved. We're going to have a component of... Uh, kind of a pay it forward uh, that week. We're going to be launching a little thing. I'll be talking more about that later. Um, not today, but uh, later in a couple weeks. Uh, where we want to just go out and do not just random acts of kindness, but purposeful acts of kindness in the name of the Lord and just to, uh, to serve. And, uh, and so we want to do that on Saturday. Um, Sunday will be our uh, big family Sunday. We're actually going to do service over there. We're going to be renting a big tent. And uh, we're going to do a, a, a family fun day with food. We're going to have a, even a service over there, live music. Um, again, just to kind of end the time uh, with, with the big serve weekend. And so we want you to be involved with that. There's a sign-up sheet in the back. We're still collecting your quarters in the big wash basin back there. And, uh, and, and that's kind of a part of the, the laundry love part. So anyway, be involved with that. Sign up. We'd love to have you. We want to do it together as a church. So we've got some things to come today. We're going to get into the questions in just a, in a moment. But um, again, will we cover your question? I'm not sure. We'll see. Stick around. Don't be here. So uh, I'm not going to tell you what we're going to do. Um, I will tell you today. It's going to be more centered on parenting. Uh, some of the parenting questions we have, you know, family questions. Um, again, our desire is to share our hearts with you. Uh, where we are at, there's a, you know, a couple of questions here about sharing you know, where we've been, what we've done. Let me just say right off that we're not perfect. We don't have all the answers, but we, we do know the one who does. That's why we want to have a biblical perspective. We want to have a foundation in the Word of God because that is the best place for us to go. God has been merciful to us. 
Um, again, we want to share our hearts. We love you. We love this church, and uh, we want Jesus to be seen. And uh, I, I, I once again reiterate this: that as I said at the beginning of the series, we're going to tackle these questions from a biblical perspective. It doesn't do you any good or us any good if we are just giving you our opinions of what we think might be best. If it, you know, we're, we're going to look at this from a scriptural point of view. With that said. We're not going to be doing an exhaustive study on, on these things. Um, some of these questions you could almost do a whole five, six week series on. And so our, 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 our heart is not to just dive so deep, but we're going to be kind of almost an overarching biblical perspective uh, on these things. And so as followers of Jesus, we want the Word of God to be our standard of truth. Um, it's essential for us to know Jesus, to know Him, but know and also to know what is true and to know what is the standard and to discern what is true and what is false. Um, I, I mentioned these passages and you've heard these statements a lot in Hebrews 4, 12, so the Word of God, it's alive and powerful. It's not dead. It didn't get too old. It's, it's not passed away. The Word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And then Paul writing to Timothy, in all Scripture, and you don't even have to look at the Greek for all. It means all. So there you go. You learn Greek today. Um, but all Scripture is God read. That means, yes, men wrote it. And there's this uh, kind of mindset that while men wrote it, they're both open to error. But men wrote it under the inspiration of God breathed and under the inspiration of power of the Holy Spirit, they wrote these words. And so, uh, it's an all scripture God made it useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And ultimately, the Word reveals Jesus. He is the living Word. So, let's get into the questions today. Here's the first one. Please share how each of you stay close to the Lord and how you have time to pray together or study or share the Word as a couple and a family. As Bruce has already explained very clearly, our desire is that the that's in our pursuit. That's our, that's our when we were first married, we discussed it and talked about it. We wanted to raise a family for a place to see um, And I'll explain more about that in a, in a minute. But um, we're not perfect at that, as Bruce said, but that's continually the That's what we're striving for. Um, but how do we stay close to the Lord, um, and, um, especially right now in this new season of our lives? Wonderful season. So excited to do that. Um, but it changes things dramatically. Really? <laughs> um, anybody with a three-year-old, you know that. Um, but my change, my time with the Lord, of course, has changed dramatically. Um, I used to just, you know, it was awesome. I used to set aside first thing in the morning, I had plenty of time um, to just soak in the Lord's presence, hear from Him, journal. Um, anything I wanted to do would be in the Lord's presence. I could be there as long as I wanted, I could read the Word as much as I wanted. That's not the way it is anymore, and that's okay. And so for moms who are in the same situation as me, with young children, um, know there's grace. Um, now, um, before, I mean, I would 
you know, place throughout the day too, but it wasn't as concentrated. My concentrated time was in the morning typically. Now, my concentrated time is more on purpose throughout the day. Um, while he's napping, while he's, um, while I'm doing dishes, my concentrated time, I really try to focus. And with the Lord, it becomes more relational. Um, sometimes I have times that if I work here at the church also, and that's in the same but that's not very consistent um, uh, that I get to do that. So a lot of the time, it is just get it when the Lord opens the door, or if I wake up earlier than do, which is rare, it's pretty early wiser. But um, I try to um, seek the Lord any and every opportunity I have to also bring Judah in on it. Um, if we hear a prayer request and have a need, I will often ask him to pray with me and we'll have time together. Um, or I'll turn on worship music and just worship the Lord and have him worship with me. If he wants to, I'm going to but you know, start we're starting training, trying to incorporate this. This is our life. This is a part of Jesus being central. This is our desire. It's not every day. It doesn't always work out perfectly. But this is the goal. Um, we we you know what? It seems maybe like it's a little easier for us because we are ultimately in full-time ministry. Um, but. We, our heart's desire was to do this before we ever got into ministry. And we tried to do this so that the poor employees were to do that. And one of the biggest things that helped um, having time with the Lord, making it central in your life, praying together, studying as the question was, is, is church. And church really assists in this. It doesn't, it's not the end all. But um, it really does emphasize that if you've got a, a focus during the week and in your weekends, this is going to be a church. Um, there's more of a focus of having time with Jesus. You think about it more. This is what we found. And again, you have to be here. We understand that. Um, not everybody has to be here. But before, like I said, before we even um, were in full-time ministry, we did this with the kids. And Prioritizing church really helps centralize um, Jesus, reminds us. You know, it's a constant reminder. Jesus is part of everything you do. You're getting ready for church. You're, you're just, your focus is Jesus often. Again, not an involve, but it is um, Priorities. It's such a priority. We do what we want to do. We do what we want to do. And, um, what priorities we set as parents and as, as family for those within me. Our children, as they grow, I mean, a lot of some of the time, children are able to um, make good uh, habits outside of the family that they were raised in, but let's give our kids the tools that they need so that it is easier for them. And for us, we just try to um, set a priority. We're going to church. We're going to have devotions tonight. This is priority. We're not going to want that. It doesn't glorify the Lord. We're not doing this. Not to be legalistic, but to have healthy standards already that enable us, better enable us as parents to have Christ central and to um, 
just make it a part of our lives and who know. And so set priorities, you know, what we try to do. Um, also, you know, not have a mentality that will just add Jesus to it. Just have a little Jesus, a little side of Jesus. <laughs> we, we need Jesus in everything. We should be a part of everything we do, everything we think, everywhere we go. We talk about it. We, it there's always teachable moments um, to share with our kids about Jesus or the Word. Um, you know, it's just a part of life. And so if we're not careful, Jesus just becomes an animal and we use him when it's convenient for us. And, and that, that will hinder our children later on in life. And, and so keeping Christ central, you know, pursuing that, praying about the Lord and the Lord, He's so good. And He wants to be said. So there, there is hope um, to the power of the Spirit. Um, he wants your children to know Him. And so, parents, we have that awesome opportunity. That's what we've tried to do in our family. And um, I encourage you to do it. Those of you that often maybe aren't doing it wrong, because it's need to. And again, we, we weren't perfect on this, um, but we have made it our heart's desire to strive for this, that um, to prioritize our faith journey, that it's that it's central. Um, you can hear me say this a lot today and, and naturally, uh, some of the questions that we deal with um, in the next few weeks, too, is I think the tendency to come on is to compartmentalize our faith. And, uh, and and don't do that. Uh, your faith journey, your walk with Christ, is, is that you're a 24-7 Christian. Um, you are walking with the Lord every day as a believer, and I think sometimes we can compartmentalize our faith and, 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 and sharing how we stay close to the Lord and all that time or praying together, study the Word as a couple, as a family. I think sometimes we compartmentalize that, okay, this is, this is Jesus' time, this is Jesus. And there are plan times, there are those times that you set aside. But we all know that we, when you're doing a lot of times get busy. And it's just, it, 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 but it's a matter of not compartmentalizing that we are, we are believers all the time. And now, again, if you have those planned times to make an appointment, um, I have time with the Lord every morning. I, you know, again, Athena doesn't have that luxury any, any longer. It's kind of, it goes throughout the day for her. Me, I just, I, I, I will have time with God first thing in the morning. And that's not to say that you have to do it that way, but do it as an appointment. Um, it's, it's amazing what we can do when we have different priorities. Like if, if there's an event one of our kids is going to be involved with, it's amazing how we can shift all kinds of different things to make sure everybody's there, ready, on time, let's go, it's go time. Whether it's practice or a concert or a sporting event, we, we make it happen. And so your time with the Lord, your, your walk with the Lord, and, and, and so do have those times, make appointments and stick with them. Um, I forgot to say too, um, one thing I try to do um, is tell Judah that I'm having fun reading every day. And I set aside time, and he has to wait. I'm not, I'm not playing with you right now. You're not, you know, I'm not, doing, I'm not busy doing homeschool right now. Right now, I'm focused on the Word of God. We try to read the one year Bible every day. Mind you, mine usually only is the te- uh, New Testament and the Proverbs and the Psalm, but occasionally the Old Testament gets in there too. Um, but I, it's a great opportunity for Judah to learn patience 
and that mommy doesn't give in to every whim and need. I mean, he's a real maid, of course, that's not the name. Given to himself. Um, but this is a way for him to learn to be alone or to respect my time as a reader. In the passage that you see on the screen, I think I love this. This is God speaking to his people's Old Testament passage. But again, this principle that you see unfold in this, in this passage is, is kind of what we're talking about. Um, this is these words of mine, as mine, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Now, we know the Pharisees, there were some literal things there, but um, in fact, you know, there, there's a principle here of it being a part of your life. Verse 19, teach them to your children. Talking about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, write them on the door frames of your houses, on your gates, so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land of the Lord for to give your ancestors and many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. And so, with this, the principle in here is, is all the time is God's time. There's beautiful moments. So again, that doesn't mean that you know that you're not enjoying different parts of life where you know that there's time for entertainment or, or different things, but. All, all the time is God. And so we value and prioritize the relationship. First of all, the relationship with God. We are created to have a relationship with Him. And then we really we prioritize the relationship with each other. Um, faith, the word, care, teachable moments flow out of the place of relationship. And so the relationship with God, loving God, loving others, loving your family, loving your kids, when you prioritize the relationship, when we get so busy that that time is neglected, that's when we get ourselves into trouble. And, and, and we miss out. And so I encourage you also to guard that time um, if it's only at meal time or, or, or you know, eat together. Uh, we see in today's society, everybody's kind of going in a hundred different directions. You know, and have you ever gotten to the end of one of those weeks? We have. Where it's like, I don't think I've seen any of you for five minutes at one time. And you know what I'm talking about. We're just, everybody's boom, 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 boom. And, and if you don't prioritize it and make it happen, it, it won't happen. So it flows out of that place. And um, again, when your children are younger, there's planned devotions, and we do that again with Judah uh, before bed. As our kids got older, we kind of give you some things that we did. Um, when, when, our, when, when our older kids were um, in school, we would have it first thing in the morning at breakfast. We would read a devotional, a passage, but we would talk about that. Now that they're adults, um, and, and we've, we've added uh, a new son early into our lives, um, there's times where our, you know, Judah's in the bed, so we'll have our adult kids, and we'll, we'll watch something um, that is spiritual, that is, uh, or we'll read something, uh, but we'll watch a message that has touched one of us, and then we talk about that. We don't do that all the time, but it's just a, a flowing part of the relationship. And so there are seasons and times, it, it looks differently at times, but just prioritize. And I think a great example when Jesus with his disciples in the gospel, he did life with them, and the teachings of the parables, the principles, uh, the life of God flowed out of his relationship. They did life with them. And so, you know, he would see something, and, and you, you know, you have those times where all of a sudden something would happen, and boom, it's time for a parable. We're having a teachable moment as we did life with them, and I think that's just a great, uh, a, a, just a great model for us. And so, again, what you value and prioritize, your kids will. I'm sorry, this is how it happens. Um, you know, if they if, if they, 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 they value they value what you value. 
Um, and, uh, and, and so, another thing is when they're going through something, it's an opportunity to pray for them. Let me pray for you and, and to, to share life together, but that they, they will value and prioritize what you value and prioritize. I think it's all about church and Hebrews 10, where it says, don't forsake the assembly, the coming together, so that you can provoke each other, encourage each other to love and good deeds. We're told that's a command in Scripture that we should not forsake. Church, the assembly—it's so easy to forsake, especially in our culture. It's so easy to forsake it. It's not priority. Uh, feel like it. You've got a hundred other things to do, and I'm not saying that you that, that there's not time to have a break or rest. Everyone needs that, but is it priority? And uh, and, and, and and then how does the priority of relationship with God relationship with family with things flow? Another thing that we do is at, at night before we go to bed is we'll pray, and Sophie and I are praying together. Um, also, more often than not, this he reads the one-year Bible as well, we will often discuss um, the, the one-year Bible, the reading of the day, and have advice or about or have questions or, you know, something offended me. I the Holy Spirit, and I need to talk with And we'll talk about it. And, and so it's, it's conversation. It's what we do. Um, a lot of times, our conversations goes over the Taylor campaign. We've been discussing scripture uh, a lot of times. Our, our conversation is scripture and talking about the Lord. It's just a part of life. That is what, again, we're not perfect at this. I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to say that. But this is our desire, and, and this is what we've tried to do. And so now, from the time we were young, since that is what our heart was now it's easy. It's just a part of life. This is what we do. And um, we talk about other things too. We have a blast. We enjoy laughing. God loves that too. We have some, you know, we only do Gregorian chants every other day. Calm and meditate. You know, because I don't think we're pastors and say, well, you guys are pastors, that's what you're supposed to do. No, that's what we're supposed to do as people of God. Um, there was a there was a recent survey I saw. It says a little over half the pastors don't have a regular time with God. Because they're busy doing church work, and sometimes with that even can get in in interfere with your personal time and relationship with God. And so just because we're involved in the ministry doesn't mean that uh, well you guys are paid to have a quiet time. Well, not really. Um, there's other things going on, but uh, yeah, priorities. So let's go to uh, question two. And this is the last one, but we're going to spend a little time here. It's kind of a three-part. So we're going to be kind of breaking this down, kind of dealing with it in different parts here. So what are some tools for raising godly kids? What was successful for you in regard to discipline, spiritual training, uh, specifically during the young childhood years, and that's quite a time that I'm busy moms drive for each day. Um, again, it's not compartmentalizing your faith. Everything that we do is, is walking with the Lord, those teachable moments. Uh, training them is always pointing them to Christ. That's when we have conversations. It's how does this apply to our lives? How does this apply to what we're doing? And again, it, 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 out of relationship, we will always have the opportunity to point them to Christ. Um, let me stop, stop here. When you hear discipline, most of the time, what our minds gravitate to is punishment. 
you know, when we, when we think of, did you discipline your kids? And a lot of times that, you know, that, that connotation is, is punishment. When we talk about discipline, discipline is different than punishment. Uh, discipline can include punishment. But discipline, that root word discipline, that's where Jesus made disciples. He made disciplined ones. He's training them, leading them, and guiding them. And so disciple, being a disciple, being a discipline one, we often be disciples, we often um, strive for being disciplined. Discipline is a beautiful thing. Um, punishment is different than discipline. Again, you can include it, and there's times where we have to be punished and to punish our kids. But uh, when, when we're talking about discipline, uh, it kind of sticks in mind that we're not just necessarily just talking about punishing or, or correcting behavior. We're talking about a, a lifestyle, training, leading them, and guiding them, and it's so essential in the early years. It is so essential in the early years. Um, you see the passage up here, saying the problem so when he's old, he won't depart from them. That's what it's saying. In the early years, it's so important. Because what you've been teaching, what you've been training, how you've been leading them, what you've been guiding them to, when they're old, the prayer is always, the parents is they catch it and get the revelation for themselves. And so uh, when we talk about discipline, um, that's what we're talking about. It, but here you go, it's hard work. It is hard work raising kids. But anything worth doing right is going to take good hard work, but it's also an investment. Relational investments are the most valuable. That's it is but it's hard work, and, and, and but the hard work is it pays off. It has dividends. It has rewards of prices when we commit to anything worth doing right. And, and then even if you, when you hear the word discipline, um, when you see an athlete, a musician, when somebody is doing well at something, they have become disciplined at something. Um, there was a, uh, a, a, an internationally known violinist, um, and I can't think of his name right off, but it's just phenomenal. And uh, there was a young man that was learning, he was a high school kid that's learning, becoming a, a pretty good. He walks up to me and he said, you know, I, I'd love to be like you. And he said, no, you wouldn't, because you're not willing to work as well as me. Kind of hard for it. But the point is, you have no idea. What you're seeing on stage is a microcosm of the thousands of hours when no one's around that I was committed to this. An athlete, we see them on display in the game and we see the highlights. Whoa, that was amazing. And we always, the armchair quarterback, I wouldn't have won a ball like that. I can't believe you know, We always have an opinion during football season. You know, what a dumb play. I'd have never done that. You probably would have been worse. Um, I'm guilty of that. But we don't see the thousands of hours of discipline and training because it, 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 it's worth doing right. It, it's going to take hard work and investment. But I think that those things are so trivial when it's compared to relational investments to our kids. There's nothing more valuable than when your kid hits an adult level and you see them talking. Again, not, not that we're perfect in men, you know, you know just some, a little bit of what we did, what, what we mistakes that we made, but uh, there, there's nothing more valuable than that. And here's the thing, it, 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 there's times when you don't feel like it. There's times you don't want to. 
there's times when it's easier to give in. You get that. You will not do it because you don't feel like it at times. There's times that you won't want to and you won't. And there will be times to give in. Anybody gets to give one person's guilty. The other ones are liars. We're going to pray for you afterwards. So. But it's, it's sometimes easier. And, and, and here's the thing. Relationship. Value that relationship. God's giving you that relationship. They are a gift from God while we're on the earth. And everything that we do is stewardship. How we parent is stewardship. God has given us those kids to manage and to steward well. And so uh, they are getting down, but they are hard. They are demanding. They are joyful. I'm not just trying to put the damper on that. Relationships are phenomenal. But anything in life, it's like anything like what priority investment do you put on your relationship? And that's just a good inventory of our own heart to ask that question. What kind of uh, priority investment am I putting in these relationships? the question about tools for, for godly kids, you live it out in front of them. That's the greatest tool of all. You live it in front of them. And, and, and this is not meant to be, again, I'm going to crash you down, but let it be the Holy Spirit to convict, but um, are you all walking contradiction, parents? Are you all walking contradiction? Does your life match your words? Because kids are smart. They're brilliant. They're sponges and they watch. And there's nothing more frustrating to a child is when you're giving them instruction and training and you're living a contradiction. And you're different. And it doesn't somehow apply to you, but it applies to them. But as a parent, you are the chief instructor. You are the head discipler of your children, not the church. I know that might be a shocker. The church is to come together and equip and to encourage that you as a parent, you've been given that child by God. You are the chief instructor, discipler of your children, not the church, not the schools, not the, the child care provider that your kid goes to. They are not the chief the most important, they are a supplement, but they are not first. You are first in those areas. And, and we'll get into a little bit more, more about that. But, so you are. What, you prior, what, what do we prioritize in life? What is our value system? We are discipling our kids every day. What do we revolve our lives around? We're discipling our kids every day to something. And so, again, our prayers, where your treasure is, there is your heart, and, and your kids will value what you value. And I, I took a look at this. This is from Proverbs, and I think that if, you know, some of the Proverbs can seem like, you know, there's a problem, and then the next problem has nothing to do with it. Just the way it flows, I think that there was some context um, intentionality here. And, it, and, you can, and you can see it up there. It says, discipline your children while there is hope. And it's not just necessarily talking about punishment, training them, lead them, guide them on their own. Otherwise, you will ruin their lives. That's pretty straightforward. They need you. They, they need to be led. They need to be guided. They need to be discipled. And then I don't think that it was my mistake that verse 19 was there. Hot tempered people must pay the penalty. If you rescue them once, you will have to do it again. There's a right way and a wrong way to disciple to even punish. Your kids sometimes need punishment. 
They need they need corrective uh, you know, intervention by, by behavior. But how do we do it? And so I don't think it was a mistake, but hot-tempered people, it, 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 there's a right way and a right spirit to do that way. And how we do it. Jesus sometimes remember when he would get onto his disciples and he would, I mean, he would confront them pretty heavily, but he did it out of great love. He did it out of great love. So verse 20, and it says, this is, I don't think it's an accident here. Get all the advice and instruction you can so you will be wise for the rest of your life. Sometimes as parents, we have to humble ourselves and get wise advice, get instruction, get counsel. But that takes humility. That, that says, I, you know, I'm kind of at my wit's end. I'm not sure what to do here. And that's where, again, the church can be a supplement or can point you in the right uh, direction and give you uh, good resources and to love each other. Because we ultimately, uh, the small family is a microcosm of the church family. We are a family. We should love each other. We, we need to forgive each other. We need to make allowance for each other's faults just like a family. And then we need to help each other and come alongside each other. Um, going back to um, not compartmentalizing, um, just a few examples of parenting, because we've talked about what you do as a parent will either help your child thrive or will be destructive to them. Um, and just some examples, you know, um, and, and I'm saying this because it's tiny. <laughs> Sorry, that's kind of a cut, you know, from what he was saying. Um, but um, one of the things that is, is so important um, that Bruce was just mentioning is if we're a parent and we're expecting a child to um, do what we don't do, and we're trying to enforce that, um, it's very frustrating to help their children. One thing that I, I think is so amazing in fiction circles um, is how we play games a lot of times. It's a great example of compartmentalization and frustrating our children. Um, parents, if you're having bad attitude about playing the game, and you're not living as a Christian while you're doing things, um, you don't get to stop being a Christian when you're playing a game. That's a great teachable moment for your child. I don't like maybe how this is going, how this game is going, but if you, if you lose your Christianity, <laughs> I'll play the game, but then you want your child to have a good attitude when they're in sports. And that's just one little example of, of um, being an example to your child. Don't compartmentalize. I'm a Christian when I'm at church. I do spiritual things when I'm at church, but when I play games, I'm holy. You know, we, that just doesn't work. The same principles apply. You can be competitive without being. Um, dishonoring to God's word. You can be competitive without cheating. I've seen so many, I don't understand it. But, and then we don't want our kids to cheat in school. Well, if we're going to cheat at something as ridiculous as a game, you know, these are times that, you know, just keep in mind something. I know that. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> But that's what <laughs> But the, this is important and as we're talking compartmentalization, what does that mean? What are you talking about? You know, and yeah. So I was trying to help the little bit of it and everything. 
um, which ties in, in with my um, next point, which is consistency. Um, not just consistency in my trainer, but I don't know why that is absolutely important and vital, and if it doesn't happen, you're not building trust. But consistency in our own You don't need to be perfect. make mistakes. Great opportunities to repair those things from time to time. But um, consistency. If it was wrong yesterday, it should be wrong today. I am not going to get on to my child because <laughs> But it shouldn't be the norm. It should, uh, the norm should be lovingly disciplined a kid's day in, day out, not waiting until I'm aggravated to discipline. Discipline, or again, training, we're not talking about all these same consequences, but consistently, okay, uh, Judah is running out in the street. Oh, no pleasure coming, no big deal, I'm trying to the street for a while. No. <laughs> I'm going to go with him because the street is not really going to be like the um, No, just because the parts are coming on Um If they're getting on my nerves, I don't just discipline because he's annoying me right now. I discipline because there's a need. He needs correction. He needs to understand. If we're disciplining out of these mood things, you're going to make a very moody, irritable child. A very frustrated child. Well, it was wrong for me to do this five minutes ago, but I'm doing it now. I'm getting away with it. Woohoo! And then, you know, maybe hours later, still doing it. Mom hasn't said anything. Dad hasn't said anything. And then, and then you know, parent goes off the liquor That's creating a, just a bad. Um, it's a bad example, and it's, it's creating frustration in your childhood. And so that's, that's not the standard you want to set. We also don't want to say that in your Christian walk, period. I don't just come to Jesus when I'm annoyed about something. I don't just come to Jesus when I'm irritated. There's just consistency. Living out day in, day out. Um, if, if I need to be with Jesus because He's awesome, because He's so good, because He is all that I need, He is important. That is why I'm with Jesus. Um, so we train this consistency. There's purpose in everything we do. Um, and so I just encourage you as parents to do this. Um, let love be the motivation for this Let love be the motivation for this Because I care about you. Because, yes, you're inconvenient right now. And you're exhausting me. But I love you. And because I love you, I'm going to lay down my life and my preferences so that you can live it. And so this is, this is very important, um, and, and it builds trust. Relationships are built on love and trust. If you say one thing one minute, but you don't mean it the next, you are destroying the foundation of trust in your time. Make sure that you mean what you say and you say what you mean. Follow through. If you say, hey, if you do that, this and this is and this is going to happen. Thank you. Like, so many times. I'm the people, and uh, we say that by experience. Yeah. Uh, we, we've lived that. Um, it doesn't work. If you do this, you know, if you do that again, you're going to have this consequence, and then that, that, that you're, you're, you're asking to talk about that. And, and set good standards. This is not being legalistic. This is, if you have good standards, then you don't have um, crisis intervention. It has to happen. And, and everything starts piling up and things get crazy. You have standards and you live according to them, and they're not going to be perfect. Nobody is. 
But a standard of consistency, a standard of talking to your husband or wife about how we're going to raise these children, sticking to it, and raising them in that way to the best of your ability by the power of the Holy Spirit, then you save yourself and your children a lot of time and pain. And so, that's why I'm going to that. Um, you also train them in self-discipline, the fruits of the Spirit. This is a part of the fruits of the Spirit. If you own the mind, self-discipline. If they if, if they don't hear you say no and mean no, they're not going to be able to tell themselves no as adults. They've not learned that it's important. They don't know if there's no consequences for their actions. Then living in a, as an adult, doing whatever I want, whatever I want, with no consequences, that's not real life. And again, you're creating a, a very dangerous situation for your child. It's a lifestyle of frustration for them. It can easily be avoided if dealt with. And again, we said this earlier, when they're young. When they're young, do this when they're little. It's so important. Don't have them entirely better if you want them to be connected in that. By the way, if we're a child is known by his doings, Proverbs says, whether they be evil or good. Start right away. We're born with a sin nature. If you haven't noticed. Start talking immediately. But gently, we're not talking about being ugly or abusing. We're talking about training as you go. So it's on the way to go and use the way to get from it. So right away, we're all right. It's exhausting. It's very worth it. Again, the scripture warned us not to be harsh with our kids and make easy to talk to them about not being harsh to be good to us. We're not talking about being hard, but we're not. Again, the investment of a relationship and loving and guiding them would be. And this is part of the relationship where it should be. We're, we're very disconnected with our children in today's culture. And, and that is not the way our culture is so advanced. The way things were intended for me by God Himself, as He was always doing. Um, he created us to be close, to have a relationship. That's what He wants from us. And so, this discipline should come out of a loving relationship, immediately establishing the foundation of relationship. And relationship takes time, it is constant. And so, um, but just like, you know, with anybody that you love or close to, the more more relationship you have, the closer you are, the more you can share your heart and share things with them, the more trust is built. And all of that is the same for our kids. Um, again, I can't say enough about the word now, because I've heard it over and over and over again in the society. No. Sometimes they didn't know that. <laughs> sometimes it's a snow day, sometimes it's a snow day. So you need that sometimes. And then when they're little, you know, you put up and say, no, a lot, that's okay. Sometimes it has to happen that way. It, it will preserve their life. No, it's good. It's okay for them not to get to do everything that their little kids desire. It's okay. They, they will benefit from that. They will be destroyed if we just let them run free and not get guidance. Um, we've seen that too many times. It doesn't work. 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 It 
process of your life just kind of a general thing. That's exactly what I was just going to say, too. For if you are establishing a relationship of love and discipline, then no isn't the end of the world. You know that you love them because with love is in place. Tell them you're with them. They're close to you. Um, you know, when I'm pushing them off on everybody else, they're yours. You're with them. They know mom and dad love them. I trust them. I build the trust. Our parents have built the trust through consistency. And so the child is preparing them. Mom means what she said. Mom will be there. That's all. All these kinds of things. And so no is not so devastating because we've been saying yes, or should be saying yes to things like, I love you. You're awesome. You're so precious. You're amazing. When you do that, I feel good. What you do is take that interested in them, taking time with them, finding out what they love, enjoy sitting down with them, spend time with them. I remember I was doing daycare when we were down in Virginia. And I had the kids that were, um, I had them in the afternoon and evening um, that were left by, I know a lot of kids to be talking about that, but they were the ones that were there from like 6 8 in the morning. And I said, I And I had one parent tell me, she said, I don't have any time ever with my kids. We're working all the time, then it's supper time. And she had, we had all these behavioral problems. I mean, it was unbelievable. Poor child, so precious. And um, she said, "I just have no time." And it broke my heart. I mean, literally, no relational time. It was about everything you know, you're doing, 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 doing. No getting to know him. No knowing what he went through through the throughout the day. Nothing. And she was broken. She wasn't looking for advice, but she was broken. Um, it, it just takes the opportunity. It takes time. It takes investment. If you have to, you know, sacrifice some things to maybe you don't have to work so long. It's okay to do a lot of things. Relationship is so vital. Relationship with each other kids. Take the time. And then the no's aren't so devastating. You've been building relationships with love. Hug them, touch them in the right way. Over and over, a thousand touches a day is not going to be too much for your time. A thousand words of encouragement is not going to fuck them up unless it's the wrong kind of um, encouragement. You know, don't involve them with Christ. That's what we're talking about. But realistic, you're really good at that. I like it when you do that. Oh, that was really kind and thoughtful that you did this thing. So these actual events that they or things that they really do to take that, show that interest. Pray with them. Spend time praying. Just praying, doing what they enjoy. And do that even until they're grown. Take time to do what your kids enjoy doing. And it's just so vital. Um, be careful of sending them away from you to discipline. That's a common, common problem. Become kind of. And you think about it. A one, two, and three-year-old thinking about what they did wrong, contemplating how they're going to change and do the right things. He's not going to sit there and think about it. I'm sorry. He's not going to see the error of his ways and try to have a planned path to rehabilitation. It's just not going to happen. Um, 
That's why immediate, loving, gentle discipline is important. And, and I base this scripture, this is not just um, something that I came up with. When we send our children away, when they're being disobedient or they've done something wrong, shame and rejection are at the door. When you send them away and you say, I don't want you to do that, no, please understand, there are times when you need a break that you don't hurt the child in a wrong way. <laughs> understand that? But as a general rule, to send children away, they feel shame and rejection. Discipline, as it stands, is already hard enough. And notice that Jesus says, with us, there's always closeness. Always. When the Father disciplines us, there's always acceptance, all the time. And so we want that message. I'm disciplining you, but I want you to know about all. And what you did was wrong. And you felt like it's enough. No, you're not rejected. You are mine. And I will love you. No matter what. No matter what we go through. And just because I have to deal with you right now, sometimes you're very really hard, very really clear, it's not very fun, and the bad guy, I want you to know you are valuable. And because you're valuable, I'm taking the time to be with you right now. Not pushing you away, not giving you all of my things, but you're going to be with you. And loving you enough to hold your close and say, You are powerless. You are powerless. You are I take this from Proverbs 2915b. So the child left himself, or some versions say a child left him discipline, disgrace his mother, or bring shame to his mother. And I believe this principle is seen out, especially in today's today's world. Our children need to know, we have, we have many teachers and we have all these options for our kids. We don't have many mothers and fathers. Mom and dad are busy. Life is busy. This kind of work. Take the extra time that child needs. This is eternity. Eternity is in the balance for them. Take the time to invest in them. Not moving them away because it's their body's time. Holding them close just like the father does in us. Um, you know, being careful of dealing with, again, I'm not frustrated, that's really vital. Um, but I do, I do want to reiterate again that the mother and the father, I mean, this is a rare day that living where the, the children have forgotten, where literally the children often, not necessarily in the church, but But there is a mentality of pushing your children away, your inconvenience. It's an abortion. Abortion is rejecting the reality of a life that is God-given, that believes that it into our, our society, our culture, how we value time and what we do with our time. It's your inconvenience. And what the message is preached over and over and over again. You're not worth my time. You're not worth mom and dad's time. And so we, we really need to be on guard with that. It's not doing good. Don't take condemnation. But always be on guard because the culture is taking a very loud message. We can't see them to our homes beyond that. Take the time. They're worth it. And again, we try everything to be balanced. This is not just some career. This is not just, I mean, this is children. Real life children that need us. And we're anointed and appointed by Almighty God to be their parents. 
and to love them enough to give them discipline and guide them and invest in them. We're anointed to do that. We're empowered. It's exhausting, but we're anointed to talk about we love to talk about our spiritual gifts. Well, you're gifted. If you have kids, you're gifted and empowered by the Holy Spirit. No matter how tired you are, to try and walk in the way that you And God is with you. He will give you grace. Can I get one last bit from the last two closing thoughts? And I'm afraid you guys will tell me. This passage that you see, um, I think, points to a greater reality of what we have in. God being our Father, and uh, this whole idea of why He gave us relationships on the earth as a gift, because He is a Father. And this passage, and I'm going to just read it and just talk about it in a moment, but uh, it says, Endure hardship at this point. God is treating you as His children. For what children are not disciplined by their Father? If you are not disciplined, everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. And so He's saying, when God brings discipline in our lives or correction, when you bring correction, what you're doing is saying, I, I, I'm doing this because I love you. I am your parent. And then he says, you know, he says more, but we all have all had human fathers who discipline us and we respected them for it. Let me pause there. He's talking about the ideal. Not everybody had fathers that they respected. Some were abusers. Um, I almost went off there, but um, it's never, never right to abuse. Some of you guys have endured that or neglect or that was just not there. What Paul, what the author of Hebrews is getting at is he's saying the ideal when you see a situation where it's a adopted father, um, but not everybody had that for that grief. But he just it says, um, that human fathers that discipline us being respected for it, much more than we submit to the father's fear to live. They discipline us for a little while as they thought that, but then disciplines us for our good in order that we might share this holiness. And then the honesty in verse 11 no discipline is pleasant at the time. Well, I don't like punishing or disciplining my kids. I just don't like it. I'd rather not do it. But do it. And he says, and he's admitting it's not pleasant at the time, but painful later on, more of it is the hardest of life. It's a peace for those who've been trained by it. And so it's discipline, not abuse, not just punishment, but again, correction, leadership, and guidance. And Athena touched in on this, and I'll finish up with these thoughts, but we're fighting against culture. We are fighting against culture, and it should be different for those who belong to, to Christ. In a lot of ways, again, when I talk about sin, in Judges, you see kind of the heartbeat of sin with that phrase. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. To me, that just defines sin. Um, we'll make up our own rules, we'll make up our own standards, and we'll do it. Um, and a lot of times you've seen kids, when you see kids that are off on their own, and, and, and there's no, nobody guiding them, directing them, they are left alone, they are doing what is right in their own eyes. And, and that's not a good thing, that's not a cultural thing. Um, it's popular in culture, not to take responsibility. We live in an entitled uh, society. The Western mindset is because we have, we've been blessed, we've been given, and all the freedoms that we enjoy, and the, the, you know, the, the things we have in our fingertips, you know, when, when, that's when, when you see third world country and third world country problems, you understand we really don't have that many bad problems. When we, you know, go to the fridge and we look and there's nothing to eat, I'm starving. I've said that before, and those two phrases did not even come out of a Westerner's mouth. 
There's nothing to eat and I'm starving. Number one, there's tons to eat. It's not what you like. And look at yourself. You're not starving. Um, you know, starvation has an effect into your life. Um, but it's easy for us to not take responsibility. Um, and again, that's fighting against hoping that's part of our sin. But sometimes we put that on others. Anything worth doing, like I said this earlier, takes discipline, love, consistency, grace, forgiveness. Does that describe a family? Does anyone in your family offend you? We do this in the, the body of Christ. We don't just leave, but it takes forgiveness. And let me say this repentance. Parents, you're not perfect, and kids all said, Amen. Say it politely, and I'm afraid it's bad to say Amen. Um, there's the right way right to do it. But we're not perfect. We make lots of mistakes. And I would say this, repentance can be one of the greatest training tools that your kids see in you. Parent, if you are afraid of admitting that you're wrong, confessing your faults to your children, and I'm, saying, I'm not saying that you're bowing or bowing to them. I'm saying but that you just, you take an assertive thing and say, Dad was wrong, Mom was wrong. If you're afraid to do that, you've got a lot of, there, there's, a, there's a whole set of problems that you're asking for. Because repentance is one of the greatest training tools that we can give to our kids. They know we're not perfect. They see us make mistakes. Again, what Athena was saying too is about when we try to bring discipleship and leadership, when we bring correction or even punishment without relationship, there's nothing more frustrating than that. That's why people, they don't, they don't, they don't like that here to Christianity because what we do is we get ruled in the way of relationship. We've done that to the world. We want to correct their behavior and then say you belong. That's completely wrong. We need to say, you know what? We love you unconditionally like Christ and then allow the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit to begin to touch the heart and to bring them along. If you have rules without relationship, your legalism and frustration. That's in body of Christ and that's in a family. One of the greatest things that we can do is repent to our kids. When you're wrong, admit it. Don't be afraid to admit it. It is humbling. And again, this is so important when our kids are young. And if we look close enough, that thing that irritates us. I had a moment one time where, where I had Taylor and me and this a few years ago. And we were kind of buddy heads and I was getting on something for something and it was the Lord. It was almost, I mean, it was very spiritual. Um, I was very much in class, but the Lord had to just kind of rebuke me. But it's as if I was looking at myself. And this whisper, that humbling whisper of the Holy Spirit. Guess where he learned this from? Guess where he got this from? Guess who trained him on that? Because I was, he was just being stubborn about something. And guess who could be really stubborn? Just ask my family. I'm a nice guy, but I'm very stubborn. Some of you guys might even not think I'm a nice guy. That's okay. I'm just stubborn. I'm okay with that. But in that moment, I had to stop and I had to ask for forgiveness. I had to repent. And there's not, nothing more humbling. God was only wrong. Not, I was wrong, but it was, I was wrong. I, I was wrong, and I want to take responsibility for that. And so this is so important. And again, parents, you know, and, and you need to understand. It's a season. When your kids are little, this too shall pass. That's a holy passage in Scripture. This too shall pass. It's not, sometimes it feels good. 
Sometimes when you're in the middle of it, and then it feels like you're exhausted, it feels forever. But I tell you, you you turn around and then grown up, and then you're like, well, whoa, where did this time go? So it's a season. But here in that season, when they're little, you have to deal with them. You do. Don't think that other people are, are supposed to deal with their kids. Uh, you're to chase after them. When they're running amok, guess who gets to go get them? You do. Um, you're, you're responsible for them. You're, you're the one that says no. You are, sometimes it's okay to give up time to talk when you're talking when they're little. I mean, it's when you're dating. We were, when we lived in Virginia, there was a, we, we had some, uh, some families over, and there was this young couple, and they had this 18 month old, and he was like the Tasmanian devil. Around the world. I mean, he just everybody's busy and this and that, the whole world of exciting things in our house. And, and he and I were talking, and he was just kind of constantly running off, and then uh, run off. And then, and then one time he just looked into his eyes and so startled. And I'm like, don't apologize. I'm glad you're doing it. And not just going, you know, somebody else is taking care of me, just, you know, going around and house. But he acknowledged that I'm changing in, so our conversation was kind of broken up, and it's hard for him to have a lot of clarity. He's a dad of an 18 month old. It's a season. This two stuff happens. Um, in society, um, you, you, you know, and again, the Christian walk is different. We don't just have me time when we feel like it. We're not entitled to that. Um, and, and I'm not sure to be harsh with that, but, but it, it, there's times where you have that, and there's times where you need rest, and we're not, we're not, we're not trying to diminish that. But um, we're not just entitled to it. Because here's the thing, the scriptural foundation for all relationships is self-sacrificial love. It's self-sacrificial love. It's taking up the cross and following Jesus. Jesus said, if you want to be my follower, you take up your cross every day. You know what he's saying about that? You want to be a parent, you have to take up the cross. You want to be a husband, you have to be a husband wife. You want to be a person of God. You want to be a faithful member of the church. You have to take up the cross. You got to lay down your selfish ambitions, take up your cross, and follow me. And so you are the chief person, the chief disciple. Um, as a thing that the Holy Spirit is there to do it, you're not going to do it alone. He loves you. God is your Father. He loves you so much and wants to give you strength and power to do it. In Him, you can do all things. You can do more than you thought you could do. Yeah, we, we have a lot of time. I mean, our family lives. That's literally what happens today. When we moved here, Tori was four, and, and Tara was uh, five. Um, we had... We didn't have a lot of people constantly babysitting their kids. It's only when you want to use free girls or something, maybe say, it was hard. We didn't get a break just because we wanted a break. We didn't get to go, you know, here and there and whenever it's all good. We, they're our priority. And that's okay. It's okay. It didn't kill us. We're alive. <laughs> Judith was the same. And Judith, in a lot of ways, it's been more difficult because of surgeries and in and out of the hospital and exhausting. And emotional things tied with what he's been through, um, with, with the surgeries and with the transition. It's been very hard. The days have been really nice, but he can't afford that at this point. not ready for the new people. Occasionally, we'll have Tori, right as much as watching him, and, and Charlie and Taylor. Occasionally, they work. They full time our jobs, but he's been very busy. Um, you don't buy it. It's amazing how much you can do. We forget the power 
of the Holy Spirit. We like the grandiose that the Holy Spirit does, but we forget it's really very practical. His power is not just for us body. His power is to enable us to live godly lives. And so, in fact, I would say it is definitely not for us um, He does show us sometimes in the hall that we're expecting. His power is to enable us to do things that bring glory to His name, that enable our children specifically. One of the things that He does is so that we might live. You're not going to die if you don't get it. If you don't, it, really, I'm, I'm living proof of it. So let me encourage you. If you're following them around all the time and you're exhausted, don't care. Not that you don't care. It's just part of it, and you're learning to die to yourself. Always been. It's not about me anymore. It's about Jesus. I'm 42 years old. My arms hurt every time I pick him up. <laughs> but you know what? It's not about me. That boy is so healthy and so wonderful to have and love him. He's so healthy. Awesome. Let me give up that because it hurts me. I'm not going to die. It's not going to kill me. He's worth it. He's so healthy. No, that's yeah, I mean, some people go, well, one of the three of that like, uh, help you to kind of feel like, you know, you're young. And that's another reminder that I'm 45. That's what it's doing, actually. Um, but it's worth it. And um, our goal isn't ease and comfort in the Christian world. It's Christ-likeness. And uh, again, there's great joy in that. I mean, in the midst of it, it's not just hard, you know, just you know, just trying to get down or here, but it, it, the relationships are beautiful and they're wonderful, but they do, they do take a lot of work. And, and again, I'm not going to pray for you, but I want to just go back to this passage from, you know, verse 20 of Proverbs 19, is just get all the advice, and maybe you're overwhelmed. This is intended, this never was intended, this message to overwhelm you. Somebody here asked a question, so it's your fault, not ours. Um, but accountability, relationship, that's why we need the body of Christ. And grandparents are wonderful. You know, we, we don't have the luxury of just dropping our kids up, but, uh, you know, I heard somebody say that as a grandparent, they said there's, there's two great feelings as a grandparent. They're wonderful. They're equally wonderful. It's when our kids bring our grandkids and they pull up their driveway. And the equally great one is to watch their kids. It's just they lose with the kids. Because it's exhausting. And, uh, and, and so grandparents are wonderful, but don't, don't, don't just, the grandparents aren't going to raise the kids. Um, you know, I need another break. Yeah, we do too. Um, but there's a blessing in that, and uh, they do it the right way. But again, that's what we need. The body of Christ. And I'll say this as I said at the beginning. Don't compartmentalize your Christianity. You're walking with the Lord in 24 7 and it's all a part of the world. And can I just say this to you, moms, you have an extra load. There's... there's let me just encourage you, don't be overwhelmed by this. There is extra grace for you. You can trust them. But, but because you're a single parent, sometimes you do need extra help. So don't feel condemnation by what you're saying. Be encouraged. Because when you go to the extra help, God says, you can say, He's not leaving you alone. He's never leaving you. He wants to save you. And so don't take that on personally. And, and God knows each of our circumstances. And again, these are principles that work for us, that what we see in Scripture. But sometimes um, they're not just close to us, different people are in different places. 
And those who have replaced it on the supplemental again, the priorities can be re examined. And that is a thing that's just good to inventory and say, what has been our priority? And um, um, this time, you know, and, 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 and again, the mercy of God is going to be one that we can shift in His grace and for us. So we can pray for you. God, thank you for this day. And Lord, as the family of God, Lord, you give us relationships in our own families. Lord, but also relationships as the family of God. And then, Lord, you've taught us how to do it right. Your word is alive, the word is just God breathed, and you've taught us and you've given us instruction and standard on how to do it the right way. And Lord, I confess, I thought I was going to be need the mercy and grace of Jesus. I pray that the parents would be overwhelmed with peace and grace. I pray that today would be encouraging to them that Lord, they would go back home and even begin to think of, 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 of where, you're, where you're thinking, where you're making maybe corrections, and uh, Lord, they would. Um, not necessarily feel like they got to make all the changes today, but Lord, just making one change, one thing, one step, and that your grace would be there. Lord, we thank you for families. We thank you, God, that you've given us families. And I pray, Lord, that we would raise up our kids to love you. Lord, as the body of Christ, our kids would love you. Our greatest desire is that when they grow old, they would love Jesus. They would love Jesus with all their heart, all their soul, all their mind, all their strength. And so then we give you this day and we thank you for Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Hope you have a great day, great week.